Welcome to another edition of the Cuz I Have To podcast, when living your dream is the only option. We are uh, in person. This is another in-person conversation. We're in Carlsbad, California, Mm -hmm. uh, which happens to be uh, just outside of San Diego. Yeah. And our next guest has been saving lives, keeping people safe for 18 years. Have you ever done that, Jason? Um, no. Well, Boy Scouts, but that was like 30 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) He is the city of San Diego fire captain, Nate, a.k.a. Nate Dog. Uh, Please welcome to the program. Hi. Well, thank you for having me and happy holidays to you guys. Oh, yes. We're recording this uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all stuffed, but we're about to eat even more food. <laughs> and right. and this is a podcast where we do have beverages. That's right. You could hear a little cheers. We've got cheers a little vino guys. going. Yeah. Nate's got some uh, brew ha. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Brew we're going to find out all about uh, what it takes to become a captain, uh, being a firefighter, or the details behind that. And that is all coming up next. Guess what, Jason Friday? What, Julie Slater? (laughs) You just figured my name out? (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Uh, We made it to season four of the Cuz I Have To podcast. When living your dream is the only option. Uh, We dedicate ourselves to finding people who are living their dreams. Basically, anything that somebody has passion for, we have them on this podcast. So buckle up. It's time for another great episode. And we're back. Nate Dog, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Good, man. Have you had to save anybody in the last 24 hours? <laughs> Just the in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> that was well said. <laughs> so you've been a firefighter, now a captain, um, for 18 years. I guess I always want to know, when you were a little kid, did you dream of being a firefighter? Like, what was, what was the plan when you were five? You know, I think like most of the boys... Yeah, you want to be somebody that helps, you know, be the hero, right? Like, Did you want to be Batman or a firefighter? You know, I, he's either going to be a cop or a fireman. Uh, obviously, I wanted to be a teacher, too. Nice. Something to help. You know, I, I always felt like I wanted to do something that made a difference. Um, and, you know, schooling wasn't my strong suit. And so it wasn't going to be a doctor or a lawyer or, sure. you know, a scientist. Um, I feel I was that. Pretty, pretty realistic, you know, <laughs> yeah. even as a young age. That, um, But I knew I wanted to make a difference. Um and, you know, being a cop, that was pretty cool, a fireman, you know, um, and I thought teachers were, it was a good profession too. So something in that realm, I did always Did you have felt, any, any family members who did these jobs before no, you or no? No, actually no. not. No, um, there's nobody in my family or even distant that does any kind of public work, you know? Wow. So, um, yeah, that was just something I felt. Wow. So did you know that at a very young age? I th- even like I said, I think most boys, you kind of dream of being some kind of, you know, obviously yeah. I was into sports. So that was, you know, I think quickly I realized <laughs> I wasn't going to be playing football or basketball professionally. But like, you know, it, it took me until, you know, out of high school before I, that dream was completely squashed. Right, but, right. you know, just, you know, who what boy doesn't dream of, you know, being on TV, playing sports or, you know, something oh, cool like sure. that. But, you know, I always definitely looked up to cops and firemen and people that did things for, you know, the sacrificed for everybody else and, yeah. you know, military as well. So, yeah, I, I think early on it was I wanted to do something that made a difference. It, right. Obviously, I didn't know it was going to lead to this, but yeah. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> what does it take, like the training to be a firefighter? 
Um, like physically, I would imagine not everybody can do it. You know, it's, it, it is a physical job, um, and it takes endurance and strength. Um, size helps. It's different than when I first started, but yeah, we do hire everybody now that can do it. It is, but it's not just physical strength. It's the will to push through when you, when it gets hard. Most of us on the job are usually like-minded sports people come from a team background. And I think that's why we get into it because you are a team and you, you know, we work like for my department, we have four people on a fire engine, some are three, but it's, it's, you live in and, you know, eat and sleep and laugh with these people like a team. And yeah building the camaraderie. Um, but as far as physical goes, there's a lot of people that physically do it easily, but it's doing it when you're stressed and you're doing it when you're tired or doing it when you can stop or you could push through it. Yeah. And that's the difference when people can do it physically or not. Like there's a lot of people that could easily do it. It's just the part when it gets hard that you want to quit because you take classes, you get into like smaller academies and training areas and it's, it's more like a college, a junior college course, like, level stuff but when you get into like our academy in the city of san diego it was grueling and it was 16 weeks and it wasn't you know day by day was easy in the sense of like yeah you could do it for a day but it's like five days a week you know starting at five o'clock in the morning studying all night and doing it day after day they called it the grinder because you just got just grinds you into the ground you're you are done so you could easily physically do one day at a time but like a week two weeks you know six weeks ten weeks you know you're completely everything hurts and either you really want to do the job and you just grind through it or you start questioning like is this something i want to yeah, do Yeah, do i want to be a part of this yeah and then later on when it's like it becomes on call so then you have to be ready at any moment of yeah. time right 100 percent. yeah there's um, there's no you know it's a 24-hour shift and there is not like you know everybody sees us out and doing things but we are responding any second of the day. There is no like coffee break or oh, right. like hey, a restroom break or like, hey, we're gonna stop and eat for 20 minutes. It's, you are interrupted every moment of the day, whether it's the second you show up to work to right before you leave, you you will go on a call. And how long is that stint? And has it always been the same, like your schedule? Like how long are you at the firehouse? You know, show up at 7 a.m. and usually go home at seven or eight the next morning. So yeah, you're on, you just, you show up and you're on, you drive to work and you're thinking about like, okay, well, you know, when I go, the second I relieve whoever is working that day is 100% my responsibility. There is no like, hey, do you mind taking this call? Or I'm not ready yet. Or, you know, I need to use the restroom. It's you are. You're ready. You are That's on it. and you're going. Yeah. And it's not, you don't have time to, to get ready. It's you, right. you show up and you walk in the door and the call goes out and you're, you're running and grabbing your stuff and you're going. And it doesn't stop until you give your responsibility over to the next oncoming, you know, firefighter, or captain or engineer. Yeah. If you need to quote unquote, get ready, be there earlier and be ready before you have to be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or you just stop getting ready and you go to work. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Whatever. There's been plenty of calls where I've been half shaven and, you know, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the emergencies happen at any, any moment. So you're always ready. And you have to, men mentally, you have to always be ready. Right. How about the mental health of firefighters? Like, do you guys have a lot of services that help? Because I would imagine yes. it's quite grueling and the things you go through. I think from early on in my career, it, um, and I'm definitely not the older generation. I'm somewhere in between the the really um, manly, you know. Um, when I came on, there was a lot of retiring um, Korean War, like that's like that era of very just tough. Yeah, yeah. Men, you know, it's very, totally. and uh, we were also hiring a lot of females at that time too. So there were a lot of um, older uh, women that were also getting ready to retire, and they were also very tough. 
And there wasn't a lot of that support, but I've noticed over the last, I would say 10 years, there's a lot of programs for like PTSD. Um, we have a, a chaplain for every uh, battalion we have. So if, you know, it, in, there's a lot of, lot of supports. So I would say there's, there's eight chaplains for, for the battalions. And so if you do need somebody, if, you know, if you want to have the religious conversations or just the comfort talks with um, the chaplains, there's also uh, the city provides a lot of resources for, for injuries up to just, you know, um, which is really big on our job. And I think police as well is uh, spousal support issues. Right. Um, so it's not just the employee, but the family, like it's a, it's a family unit that is affected by like mental health. Sure. And it's not because the individual might be like weak minded or have those issues. It's just the accumulation of so many things that you take it home to your family and deal with those issues. So they spend a lot of time and effort if you want the resources to make sure the family unit is, is healthy too. Cause it, we do take it home to our families and it does affect everybody. Right. So I've noticed over the last 10 years, um, it seems like almost every year something else gets added to our options of what we could use if we choose to use it. And it seems um, like there's also a lot of sacrifice with your schedule. I know I was just talking to your wife about, um, you know, like Thanksgiving, you guys had to have it on Friday. Like there's just like scheduling, you guys, someone's got to be on all the time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, with the, with the wife, like mine is extremely supportive, but she works full time and we have kids. It's a wonderful career, but it's, you know, living in Southern California, you, you don't, cannot thrive with usually single income. So everybody does work. And, and it's a family that, you know, early on with our kids, we had support from grandparents and, but yeah, it, I've definitely appreciated my family, my extended family, um, because Christmases, you work birthdays, Christmases, weekends, nights. Right. So you, it's nice that you, the family has become so flexible that we still, you know, if I work Christmas Eve, we celebrate Christmas. If I work Christmas, you know, Christmas Day, then Christmas Eve is now Christmas Day. Or Thanksgiving was a work day, and we celebrated yesterday. Yeah. And, right. and everybody's learned to be very flexible instead of, you know, and that makes it nice. And obviously my wife, you know, for 24 hours, you know, 10 days a month is a full-time employee, also a full-time mom. And, and I have to realize when I'm home that I got to pick up a lot of slack because those days I'm gone, she is sacrificing a lot of her personal time because she has, she's kind of on duty for 24 hours because she doesn't have me to help with anything. Yeah. And then if I work multiple days in a row, I can be gone for you know, 48 hours or 72 hours or 96 hours in a row. And yeah, that's a long time to take care of kids, work full time and doesn't leave her a lot of time for herself. So it's a huge sacrifice that she, she makes too. No, that's, which is why like you both have to be on the same page like you are, (laughs) thankfully, because I love both of you (laughs) together and your kid, your kids, obviously. Um, Yeah. Wow. That's like quadruple duty. It's, it can be very taxing for the family. Yeah. And it also allows me to have a lot of time off with the family. Um, right. Which is uh, one of the reasons I got into the job. It's not a typical eight to five, Monday through Friday, um, which sometimes it sounds nice when I'm leaving for work in the morning on a weekend and everybody, you know everybody else is home to stay with their family and and, and be there for the soccer games and and the picnics or the, the parties and all this stuff, and you're off to work when everybody else is, is home or, you know, all the events that happen at night that you miss, whether it's school events or, or sporting events where, right. you know, people are home. But the trade-off is I'm, I'm home quite a bit, and I could 
take over that responsibility from my wife of the house chores, the grocery shopping, all those things that, um, it is nice. It, it, there's a flip side to it and there's a lot of sacrifices, but there's a lot of opportunity to coach and be involved with the kids a lot more than, you know, for example, you know, for my dad wasn't, he worked extremely hard, but he wasn't there during the week because and he didn't have the opportunity to take me to school or pick me up from school. Yeah. And I get to do that a lot. And I, and very grateful for just those little experiences that, that that a lot of people don't get to. How do you find the time? I know you uh, coach your son's basketball mm-hmm. team. How do you find the time? Fit that in. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, it's you know I do on the days that I'm not working. Um, sometimes I'll try to take off some time here or there to make sure that I could be there. But I can't do without you know assistant coaches that are there all the time. It just so I love coaching, but I have to make sure there's there's always another coach with me, and I have a lot of good friends that that understand my schedule and, and realize that like I just won't be there sometimes. Yeah, and um, it's a bummer because there's times that it's really hard not to be there, and you want to like see your kid play or just be involved, and yeah, you of just course. and sometimes it, you could go weeks without being there because it just falls under your schedule, and you can't take off a 24 hour shift to be there for an hour practice and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and, but it kind of bums you out. But at the same time, I've been fortunate to have a really good group of friends that, that help out a lot. What about, um, going back to, uh, the firefighting, um, in San Diego, what is the main call you get? Like, is it, is it fires like out in nature or is it home fire? Like what's the biggest. So being in the city of San Diego, as far as fires go, we primarily deal with, with residential and commercial structures. Um, we do have a lot of canyons and um, river valleys and, and other areas that light off a lot by, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, encampments in a lot of the local canyons that start fires. And we usually get those down, knocked down pretty quickly. But I think the majority of our fire calls are going to be single family homes and commercial structures. Um, and yeah, so we, we don't, we don't deal with a lot of wildland. We send out crews to, to help in throughout the state, but but we're we're a very heavily dense you know dense population in San Diego as far as the city itself. So it's not very rural. It's a lot of urban interface. So um, a lot of canyon fires and stuff like that, but nothing that gets um, into huge huge acreage. You mean like up where we live? Yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> Hundreds of yes. thousands of acres. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, There's half like, of the mountain gone. I feel like we've talked about this with you once before. So back in like the 70s, there was this show, I think it was just called Emergency. Uh-huh. And they would go, but they would often get calls for like a woman, like there's a cat in the tree. Yeah. Do you get calls like that? Well, the, you know, very interesting. Somebody asked me this recently and... Um, we are now doing that. Um, it's the first time in 17 years that, yes, we are now responding to uh, considered animal rescues. I was going to say um, animal rescues. Yes. And uh, <laughs> there's not a lot. Of, it's, it's, you just kind of take some calls and you just, you just kind of smile. And like, there's not a lot you could do for a lot of those things. I'm not going to risk my crew uh, getting hurt climbing into a tree that, you know, there's some, we always talk about the, the, you know, you risk a lot to save a lot and you risk a little to you know, save a little. I'm not going to risk somebody that, you know, has a, a family, you know, climb up a tree trying to get a cat that can potentially fall and break their leg and, yeah. you know, have a career injury, you know, injury where, you know, but it is happening more and more often. And yeah. 
it's just one of those calls you kind of smile and you see what you could do and, and try to help if you can. And mm-hmm. but uh, we have one that was in a, a high utility, you know, high uh, power utility line, you know, 50 feet up, and somebody wanted to do something about it. And, and some of those things you just kind of just smile and say, not sending somebody up, you know, on a on a utility pole to get a cat off that. And they got up there, they'll they'll come down, they'll, they'll be fine, <laughs> you know. I was going to say, I feel like the city deals with that more anyway. Yes. <laughs> so send a, ut- you know, yeah. he knows how to handle an animal. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't take a, a firefighter. <laughs> or a, But you it know. is a perception. And, sure, know, sure, sure. And, you know, it, we pride ourselves that we do everything. You know, there's people call 911 because they feel it's, they're, it's an emergency. And, um, you know, cops have a lot to do, a lot of responsibility. But if it's not a... A, a you know police officer call type situation we get everything else mm. and we are kind of the toolbox that shows up to figure out you know and it, every day is something different it's all unique and because somebody wants something done and we need to figure out how to do it and it's usually the fire department that is the the big problem solver you know? what's the difference with like a like when a fire truck shows up or if it's just like the short like EMT like, is that a totally different department? Yeah, um, well, it depends on the department, but there's, you know, there's um, ambulances that show up on all the medical calls so they could transport the patient to the actual ERs. Um, and then we have the fire engine that just has the water and the hose. And then we have the fire truck that has the big ladder and all the other ladders and kind of the big toolbox that has, you know, the jaws of life back in the day. But they're very powerful tools to, to you know, it's not a one tool for one job we could use a lot of tools for a lot of different right. things and and that's where we get creative it's just kind of time on the job and and seeing things and and you're like i said you're you're trying to solve somebody's problem and they they can be very interesting problems that most times you show up and you're like i've never seen this before and we kind of huddle around and kind of put our heads together and go okay this is what we're going to do and it could be life-saving or it could just be trying to figure out what their problem is and yeah. um, it, it is a unique job that it, there is a lot of autonomy to figure out, you know, your own solutions to come up with, you know, you know to solve the problem. And what does it take to become a captain? And how um, long have you been a captain? Geez, I've been, it's coming up in about five, almost six years now. Um, you take classes, courses, um, but, you know, with our, our job, it's you, you start as a firefighter and you know, learn the ropes and you could be a career firefighter, which is what I think a lot of people would want to do. Um, but then you, father time starts catching up and you realize that you, you can't do this forever because it's, you know, the firefighters are the, the muscle. They are the ones that are getting dirty, getting, you know, lifting the patients, you know, doing the really hard work. And then you have an engineer who drives the fire engine that has the, you know, is good with the hydraulics. And so you go through the steps of each position before you get to a captain. And then the captain is more, you are, you know, you are the supervisor, but you're also, you know, the jobs that, because you've done the jobs. And you're making sure, I mean, for my number one responsibility is, is make sure everybody goes home. That's the only thing that matters to me at the end of the day is I have three people and they all have families and they, they go home and they get home safe. Um, so, but it's classes, um, it's promotional processes. You have to, um, you have, you have to go through a promotional process where, whether it's, it's a written exam and simulations for fires, scenarios, and you just get ranked, uh, depending on how you do on the testing and 
then you kind of jump into it. Just like a firefighter, you don't know exactly what you're getting into until you just start doing it. And same with the engineer. And because you can't test for everything, you can't, you know, it's such a, a day-to-day job. You could do so many different things that you can't test for, you know, every scenario what could possibly happen. And I've shown up, and I feel like I've been on the job long enough to have a good idea what's going on, but there's still, I would say, Surprises. quite frequently there's something that's like, I've never seen that before. And that, <laughs> you know, and, but you, but my, my goal is to make sure whatever situation we're in, that my fighter fighters are safe and we're doing the right thing for the people that, that need us. Do you feel like your job has made you like an, an even keel emotional leap like a person or do you think you already were or because I feel like yeah. even with doctors like they have to just have this no matter what they're telling you they have this face yeah. yeah like so firefighting like when you're at home and there's like a crisis a family crisis and I mean yeah. I'm talking like lighter funny family <laughs> crisis like are you more like yeah I was definitely very even killed beforehand um, I think this job is taking that even to a lower level because you have to be able to think calmly while there's a lot of things going on and a lot of people get worked up. And if you get caught up in that emotion, um, then you're not doing your job and seeing the big picture. And that's at every level from early on as a firefighter, you have to be able to see the big picture and not get caught up of what's going on. Cause you see some things that most people never want to see and you can't be a part of the problem. You gotta be the people solving the problem. And, Unfortunately, I think it does come home. I know my wife has told me before, you just, you know, you do lose the sense of uh, emotion to things because you're just used to compartmentalizing everything and putting it back in your mind when something bad happens. And she'll be like, well, ask me if I'm okay or this. And, it, and nothing seems to bother you. And it's like, you do realize it, it's somewhere deep that you just put it back in your head and you don't think about it when things are really bothering you. So you do take it home, and, but you need it for work. Yeah, and it's hard to switch it off, yeah. you know, and sure. And even when you know the kids get hurt or something bad happens, you you don't, you know, it's not until later where you realize like, you know, how upsetting it was to everybody else or to yourself. And yeah, you know, so it it's a good thing and it's also a bad thing. Yeah, I bet. You know, absolutely no, I mean, and it's taken obviously years of experience. Uh, then also getting, you know, finding your wife and then getting married. And then it's also having kids. So then you're like, you're already have been used to this experience before all that. And then now you're like, cool, this is how I was dealing with stuff before. But now I have this. Now I, okay, but I'm kind of used to it. <laughs> Good yes. For better or worse, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm used to it. I kind of know what to do. I'm a, I'm a veteran more in, in, when it comes to this now. You know what I mean? Yes. It's... That's yeah. fascinating to think about. Do you feel like as a firefighter, like maybe you're a tough guy, but then how about when you had your kid, you're probably like, oh, I'm just a baby inside and I'm crying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's... When yeah, you're in the delivery I, room or whatever. Yeah, it's... Yeah, being a dad is amazing. Um, and I definitely in softy with the kids. She'll admit that. Um, push over. <laughs> um, yeah, but it it's... I've, it, the job has changed me for sure. I I, I know that, and, and and that's something I'll have to learn to work with and and learn how to deal with my emotions. You know, at some point, sure. get better at that because it, it you can become very um, have a, a dull effect. And and she's she's always very interesting. Like when I get together with her friends or uh, 
coworkers at a, you know, we, as a crew, we try to get together, you know, and, and with the wise get along and we'll tell jokes or like, Oh, you remember that call? And this, you know, something really bad happened. And she's like, well, you never even told me that. Like, she's like, I learned more from these dinners than <laughs> about what you did. And it's like, that was really horrible. Like, you never even mentioned that happened. And I'm like, I don't really remember that happening. That, like half the time it, the stories are brought up and, yeah. it, and it's, it will like jar my memory and it will be something that never even crossed my mind. Like the second the call was over and, and you know, it's firefighters. We deal with things and I'm sure police officers in the military in a joking manner a lot. And I think that helps us deal with what you see. So you, you laugh things off or like, gosh, you can't, you know, and then, you know, for my wife to hear like some of these things and she's like, you, you don't talk to me about that. Like you never told me that happened. And it's like, I honestly forgot. I, I didn't even remember doing that. Was, do you talk to coworkers? Like, are they the same way or do they go home and say, Oh my gosh, you know, I think we're happened. all kind of deal with those issues um, the same way. Um, and I think the smart ones probably talk to people about it, you know, and realize <laughs> it's an issue. Um, yeah. And I think it catches up to you at some point. You know, and it affects people in different ways, and um, and I think we're all similar. Yeah, and you could tell some people that handle it differently that are really take it to heart, and it's much harder on people when they really analyze what they're doing and think about what they're just saw or just did, oh, yeah. and um, and it's harder to to deal with the job, sure, and, or to get ready for the next call because the next call could be just as bad or interesting or and you just have to kind of forget it and move on yeah that's why i feel like as you mentioned like you came from you're kind of like that middle um part of the person from like different era of the people before you were this tough iron skin yeah they're probably just like dead inside and whatever (laughs) but then there's the guys after you that are like oh and affected a little bit more emotionally where you're kind of like a hybrid middle ground of that yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. And you saw how they dealt with it. So you took away a lot of those. Right. They were tough. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, you idolized those, those people because they had a, you know, they were very tough people. And you saw that like, that's how they dealt with it and that's how you're going to deal with it. And, yeah. You know, in the younger people, I think, as in general, feelings are more important and like expressing yourself and sure. and I think they're going to have to learn how to deal with it in their own way too because yeah. it's not a um, pour your heart out type of community that's there there's a support for it and you know and I forgot to mention when we talked about all the support that we get it is all anonymous it is all you know so people are able to go to the you know whether it's a psychiatrist or you know support groups but it's anonymous. Yeah. So, you know, for people that don't want to show their emotion or don't want to see as perceived as weak or can't handle it, they could do this in a safe like environment, Yeah. which I think is really important because that's the only way you're going to get people to really open up and, oh my God, and talk yeah. about it. Cause it's, you know, we're dealing with a group of individuals that could be, we like to tease each other a lot. And then, like I said, that's how we deal with it. And most of us like that because yeah. it makes it, it takes the, the tension off and you could, laugh about you know but i'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like to deal with it that way either and don't want to get you know get rubbed the wrong way when they're really dealing with something more than what we understand so sure. it's good that there's those services help no absolutely counseling and therapy or whatever word you want to use is always key yeah. especially for stuff like this i mean you know we went to a a, a veteran 
military thing recently that was an event and what they're doing for all of these homeless vets. I mean, because they're, you know, they've gone through, some of them gone through hell and back. And if they survived, they have to live with that for the rest of their lives. And I can only imagine, I mean, I've, I've seen them firsthand too in my old job. I dealt with a lot of them as well, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm just glad that they have stuff yes. like that. And they're working on it more and more as these, as the decades have gone on, Yeah, you know? And I think they're tearing down the, the shield of the tough guy. Like we're, yeah. we're all, we're fine. You know, it's, it's That's okay right. to, yeah. to, it's okay to have a feeling yeah, you human. A, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> hundred yeah, percent. For and, sure. And, and, you know, military is like police and firefighters. They're, we're a team. Right. They were part of something very special. And you know, when they're done, it's, it's hard to go back to an individual again. Yeah. And I, I get it. I can only imagine how hard that is. Oh, yeah. How about, um, do you guys remember that there was a big firefighter movie? Was it Kurt Russell or something? Backdraft? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you love that movie? And was it real? Uh, they show a it's lot a of great training. movie. It's a great firehouse movie. Yeah. Are you is. intrigued by fire and just like how it's I, yes. its own personality? My mom would say I was definitely a little pyro. Like <laughs> I would stare at the fire growing yes. up. I would play with yeah. fire. I would, he was very intrigued by it. Um, so that movie, <laughs> I, yeah, I love that movie. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of it's good. Like any movie that's, you know, they try to make it more than it is. It's corny, but that's what makes it a fun movie. And, right. Yeah. And, but there's, you know, it's, um, you don't get those crazy fires every shift and, and, and <laughs> Wait, how those what? things what you happen, um, you know, but it's, uh, it is a great movie. It, it's, it's the fun, uh, it shows the fun aspect of the job and why we do it too. Cause you are a team, you're with your friends all day long and yeah, you could want to tear at each other's, you know, each other just cause you, it's a family you get, you know, rub each other wrong or you, you yeah. know, it, cause you're always around each other, but you also see the good aspects of eating together, cooking together, training. You guys together. had that big pot of food. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I worked downtown for most of my career, and we had three crews, so it was you know fifteen to twenty people eating a day, and it was uh it was <laughs> awesome. it, it's it, yes big pots of food, big quantities of food, lots of laughs. Who's the chef? You know the, the truckers always cook. So, uh, so it rotates, you know, you, you know, every couple of shifts you rotate onto from the engine to the truck and, and, uh, cooking that many people, it, it's only fun for a couple of days before it consumes your day. And, you know, and <laughs> the truth is they're relying on you to make them a meal while they're out there running a lot of calls and, yeah. and, uh, they're putting their money in just like everybody else and they want a decent meal and they want it hot and they want a lot of it. And, right. um, but there's a lot of laughs, a lot of, you know, ribbing each other and, and it is like the movies where it's a lot of lighthearted fun and the tones go off and it's everybody has their game face on and they're out the door full full business mode, ready to go. Yeah. Has anyone in your crew been a part of a firefighter calendar? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think I there's some guys on the job that have been and I would never say who they are, but uh you know, I would I would venture to guess that there's a there's on my crew. We're we're very, just we're 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 better at the job than than looking good in our turnouts. <laughs> Let's put it that way. With our, with our shirts off. That's very funny. Okay, we are at the part of the program where it's five o'clock somewhere where we ask you five quick questions to get to know you even better, Nate Dog. <laughs> yeah, take a sip. Take a sip of the brew. Take Let's all take sip. a sip. I'm thirsty. I need that one. Okay, question number one. 
everyone in your family is out of the house, everybody's safe, and you get to save only three things in your home to take with you, and then the house is gone, what do you grab? Wow. Three things? And my wife's not telling me what to grab. That's the hard part. <laughs> I would have to start thinking about what she would no, want. No, she me. got her stuff. Oh, she got hers? Just, just my stuff. Wow. Yeah. That is a great question. <laughs> I love it. You know, because I always thought about this before, and, and you know, the, you know, being firefighters, you think about what you're going to grab. Because in San Diego, there has been some, some, you know, and I'm from East County where they lost a lot of homes and fires. And I remember my folks trying to grab what was important. They couldn't figure out what was important. Sure. So I thought about that before, and I'm like, I look at this house, and there's nothing in here that's worth me grabbing, <laughs> to be honest with you. I would, I would look at I some I mean, probably, imagine you'd be safe. You're yeah. guaranteed you'll be safe. Three oh, things. gosh. I have to look, I'm in my garage right now. I don't even see anything I want. <laughs> I see the Home Depot boxes. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's some childhood. Exercise bike. There is a handful of childhood memory uh, boxes that I probably grabbed. It, it's that's, all, that's all, all old stuff. Yeah. As, as my daughter walks up. Oh, We're recording okay. a podcast. It's okay. Hi. <laughs> I am sorry. I cannot think yeah. of three things. It would mostly right. be childhood memorabilia stuff that I still have. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. Okay, what song is what we call your walk-up song, your theme song? Do firefighters have theme songs? You know? When you go down the pole? <laughs> With your shirt off? No, is I'm just it, kidding. Is it uh, Eye of the Tiger? Uh, um, <laughs> is it? Gosh, you know, I love Tom Petty, so there's anything oh, that has to do with Tom Petty, I, I could walk out to that. All right, I like it. Uh, question number three. Besides Southern California, you also spend time in Montana. Name the best meal you've had in Montana. Best meal in Montana I've had. You know, I would have to say anything that has to do with like meat out there. They just have really good. If it's a burger, it's it's their meat products are fresh. It's just fresh. You just don't get it in stores out in Southern California like that. So it's always like it just tastes better. It's anything to do if I get a chance to have like a burger or a steak or something like that it's just different experience that's the jam yeah it's that's just, the go-to it's, it's just they make they make the whole foods good well when we visit that's what we're having that's right <laughs> question number four okay what's one thing you can't do that you wish you could well, I love basketball I would definitely be a professional basketball player all right. And I can't, Solid. and I can't do it. <laughs> At one point, I thought I might be able to do it, and that was, and I was like, you know, you're like, oh, this I was is... about 15 years old, yeah. back then, and that right. quickly you realize that it was not going to happen. Yeah, I got it. Okay, uh, question number five, our final question, Nate Dog, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself being a firefighter? Wow. Um, that. Absolutely, my life has been making a difference. Um, I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, and you don't, like we talked about earlier, like you don't realize it in the moment that you're making a difference for somebody. But you daily make a difference because we do run a lot of calls where day to day, you're like, I, you know, that was kind of BS or whatever. But it's like we always have to remember like it's somebody else's emergency and maybe they'll only call 911 once in their whole lives. And myself and three other people show up and we hope to make their day better. What could be going really bad. So that is nice to know that you don't ever know what exactly happens at the end of the day to these people. Yeah. But if you do professionally, you treat them nice, you do a good job, that 
hopefully you made their day something better out of it. Whether And it could be any kind of, from the silly to the most extreme calls that you somewhere know that you hopefully you made it better for them. And I've in the, in some situations I have heard feedback from people that that uh, I live, I work now in a community instead of a downtown environment, and we have people that come up and say, "Oh, you ran on so and so," or you know, and you know they tell us how they are and they're doing better. And to hear the feedback from people, you know, and they're always so kind, and, and you realize you can put a face to what you did, and, and that's really nice. And then awesome. didn't know it was going to make that kind of difference or help to you know, be involved with because it's never just myself. It's always three other people that are working as a team, making a difference for somebody. And as a, as a crew, knowing that somebody is either better or, or if it's something that was tragic, you were able to make the people, you know, give them some kind of comfort that everything was done to help the, their loved one. At the end of the day, and that's all we really could do. You can't save everybody. You can't always can't always be happy in the but you know, you get a lot of like you guys are professional, you know, thank you, you treated our loved ones with respect and, and you know, that's all we could ask for. That's great. That's well, amazing. Thank you, Nate Dog, uh, City of San Diego, fire <laughs> captain. Thanks for taking time out from fighting <laughs> fires and saving people. <laughs> And having a drink with us. Yeah. Oh, it was my pleasure. This is a lot of fun. A lot of fun, especially on the holidays and seeing you guys and having family here. And now we could get back to uh, enjoying back the family. To yep. Thank That's you right. for having me. All right. Yeah, thanks man. so much. Welcome to the After Pod, where we talk about our firefighter after he's left the garage that we're sitting in. <laughs> that was Nate Dog. Nate Dog? I mean, I didn't ask him any details. About any terrible things he's seen, I could just only imagine. Well, we've heard some stories, and I, I was like, you know, I want to get into that, but that's not what this is about. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and fascinating, and like he said, you know, happy and sad, and ups and downs, and left and rights, and craziness. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I can't imagine doing a job where you risk your life. Sometimes you feel like when you do other jobs that aren't that way like sometimes being a dj i'm like what am i doing here are this guy's yeah. like fighting fires saving people <laughs> once in a while i'll get a thing from a listener like wow you really make my day every day and right we all affect people in our own ways we but do. there is something quite special about someone who literally risks their own life for, for others. other lives yeah yep i know that's why it's fascinating and i get it though because I'm definitely the type of person that likes to help people, likes to be there for people. Um, but yeah, like these are crazy high-risk jobs. That would, that would be tough for me, though, not to know what happened to the person. Like, right. I'd want a full report. I know, but that's where he was kind of mentioning, like, yeah. you need to let those things go. Yeah. Because this isn't about personal feelings. It's about just doing your job and then moving on to the next job. It was interesting when he said you have to realize you can't save everybody. That's a huge. That's, that's I would. Tough. Maybe oh we should have dug a little deeper in that. I know. Maybe get emotional. I mean, I get it. You could know, have kinda, asked. We could have asked the big question. Oh, yeah. Is there someone that you couldn't save? 
yeah, you know what my answer would be <laughs> at yeah. the time? My mom. <laughs> because, you know, you're with you're with a person or whoever, whether it's your mom or somebody more distant for a certain amount of time and you see them going through something and you can't yeah. do anything. Sometimes that you can't a, do a thing. Yes, literally zero. That's a pretty helpless feeling. And you could be there for them, but that's not enough. Yeah. I imagine but, that's your career. I know. Oh, my gosh. I can't play the right song for everybody. (laughs) And I live with that every day. Nate, dog. (laughs) You think you got problems. I know. Sometimes people don't want to hear Radiohead every day. (laughs) Or TP. Or Tom Petty. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We're uh, sitting outside right now. And it is so gorgeous. It's finally a little cooler. Oh, my God, I know. And it's beautiful. Um, So it's been nice. And this is only really, is this only our second in person but this is our first bringing all this equipment oh yeah that was kind of neat although it was quite a setup it is a setup but it's fun it's very easy it is way more fun doing this in person yeah and it was nice that we all had drinks yeah that does help (laughs) it helps us think we could think more clearly (laughs) no yeah that was super cool but I think we gotta wrap this up because we got fam waiting for us in the other room that's true so thank you, uh, Nate Dog, for thank sharing you, your Dog. life-saving skills with the world, but yeah, also uh, with us for a little bit of time on the podcast. Uh, super fun. Uh, again, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, can't even imagine what we'll be doing the next few weeks, uh, but we will have our maybe our equipment with us. We're yes. going to grab a lot of guests while we are out and about during the holiday time and on that whack cruise we're going on. That is the truth. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, We love you. Love you. Until next time. Next time indeed. Thanks for listening to the Cause I Have To Podcast. Find us on Instagram at Cause I Have To Podcast. Email us at Cause I Have To Podcast at gmail.com. If you know someone living their dreams, tell us about them. And if you dig what you hear, please share the podcast on your socials so we can grow this baby. Okay, folks, until next time.